indeed, O oh Lord, be worshipped, be praised, be honored, be glorified, be lifted. The Bible says it clearly that there is only one who deserves all the praise, all the honor, all the power, all the blessings, all the riches, all the dominion, and it's you, Jesus. And this evening, it's our joy, it's our privilege, it's our pleasure to say, Lord, take it all, even that which belongs to us, O oh Lord, the power that belongs to us, the glory that we have for ourselves, we yield it, we turn it over to you because only you deserves it. Thank you for this evening, O oh Lord. And as we turn to your word, Lord, speak to us. Add something to us. Do your work that you do in us. We love you in the name of Jesus Christ. We have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. You're very welcome. It's so good to see you. Uh, it's good to see you this Friday evening. Today we begin another set of leadership lessons. Probably from one of the men that I love most from the Bible. I love Jesus first. But there's another man in the Bible that I truly love. That I believe makes a great example for, for each, for leaders, for believers, no matter where you are. And provides for some of the best leadership lessons. Who can guess who that man is? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> David, yes, David. <laughs> I just want to make an introduction today. I want us to meet the guy officially. You have heard about him. Probably you have not met him officially. Yeah. <laughs> but by the grace of God, today I am your man to help you meet David officially. Okay. So I just want to make an introduction, talk about two, three things and then we we will begin to get into it pretty seriously as we go along. I want us to see the very first place that David is mentioned in the Bible. Where he is introduced to us as a man. And just to prepare your mind a little bit, this was going to be one of the greatest earthly kings. A man that God would boast about in swelling words. A man that God will give would give a privilege of bringing, up, bringing forth someone that would be a king for eternity. 
Katondo muntu gwera yagero kuleta okubera kabaka emirembe ne mirembe. We are not talking about a small man. Ngale twogera ku kasajja busajja. We are talking about a big man. Twagal twogera ku sajjo munene no People that they call patriarchs. Abasajja betuita bakitaffe. Men who carved out themselves a name in history that will continue for eternity. They are so many Christians that have lived through the generations of life. So many Christians even to this day in the church today that say that when I get in heaven, David is one of the men I would like to meet. And have a chat with. And ask him, how did you do it? <laughs> so, so I want to impress it upon you. That we are talking about a key figure in the Bible. A man that deserves every other man's attention. A man that provides an abundance of lessons. David. Daudi. Where do we meet the man first? Daudi ono tumusanga wa. First Samuel chapter 16. Samuel chisoka kumina mukaga. And we're going to read only one verse. Elatu genda kusomolo nyiriri. Dumulu oka. Verse 11. Verse 11 introduces us to this great giant of a man called David. A general. Verse 11 introduces us to this general of the faith. So if you're there, uh, I want someone to read in Luganda because I read in Luzungu. I want uh, those who listen to Luganda to follow. Samuel, Echisoka, Kumina Mukaga, Orunidi, Rakumina Rumu. Hallelujah. Now, who's a yes, ain't he? Vanueva Tabanivoca. Yes, Munti. Echasiga deo. A singida dalobuto. Aha. A rundandiga. Somewhere in Agamba, yes, ain't he? Mutumie. Tetuja kuerera okutusa wanaja. This is how King David is introduced in the Bible. A man who would go on to be the greatest, one of the greatest earthly kings. Whose reign would go on throughout all of eternity. Is introduced as a forgotten boy. There is nothing remarkable about this introduction. It is not an introduction that they give to King Mutevi. 
I have a whole lot of my siblings who are raised by my grandmother. <laughs> but I know how it feels to be in a home and be one of the sons and not be called a son in that home. Because I grew up in a stepfather's home. And I would never stop being reminded that you don't belong here. When they make a party at home and all of the sons get the, the front seats, I would have to be content with the standing behind it. <laughs> When they call the children of the house of the home, I, I was not expected to come. If at all I happened to come, immediately they ask you. So, so all of the time you have to keep yourselves outside like this. You, you, you are an outsider. And there are probably no words that can explain that pain when you feel rejected by people you call your own father. Now, for, me, for me, it was a stepfather. But for David, he was his real father. And yet they kept him on the very fringes of the family. The third thing I want you to see is David was not considered to be worthy to be among those who could be used by God. Because Samuel was a prophet. Anywhere he went, he went for religious, for God purposes. When he came to Jesse's home, and he told him, sanctify yourself because I'm going to huh? uh, prepare yourselves and sanctify yourself. I'm going to do a ceremony. They knew it must be something that pertains or concerns with God. And so it was only those who were fit to be in the presence of God, those who were fit to serve God, were the ones who were considered to be available. But so David had no place in that people. No one needs to have him around. And the thing I'm trying to drive home, the thing I want you to see in he, this introduction is David was practically a nobody without any acknowledgement on the earth, probably except from his mother. His father didn't acknowledge him. His brothers didn't acknowledge him. He was an, outca an outcast in his very own house. And he was a nobody. Have you ever found yourself to be a nobody? <laughs> How does it feel <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to be 
a nobody. When, when no one acknowledges you. More especially in your family. Probably even today, some people call you a nobody. But today I have very good news for you. So, so I want to talk about just three things. About the background of this guy. Where we find him. And what could have contributed to him to be in that exact position that he was in. Number one, I want us to talk about his birth. Where was this guy birthed? Which year was the man birthed? <laughs> Under what conditions was the guy birthed? The Bible scholars, what do you know about the birth of David? Let me ask it like this. Do you know anywhere in the Bible where it talks about the birth of David? And in seeing his mother conceived him. 
Okay, allow me to tell you this extra biblical story. This is what what they say. Uh, You know I have done research for this. So you better pay attention to this because I have read uncertainty. So, So they say that when Jesse finished having six children, he said, I am finished. He said, uh, six days you shall work, the seventh you shall rest, so six kids are enough for me, six sons are enough for me. And in, and in those days, because they didn't have family planning, the family planning they had was the man to turn completely away from the wife. He completely But then they say that Jesse developed eyes for the maid in the house. And the, the, the thing kept growing in him. Until a, a time came when he could not contain it anymore and he talked to the maid. And he told the maid, prepare yourself tonight, I am coming over. And apparently the maid got angry. So she went to her mistress, the mother of David, David. You know what has just happened? The father said I should prepare myself. And the story says that the mother said it's okay. Prepare yourself and tell him that he can come. And she did it. But because they did not have electricity in that time, the same trick that they did on Jacob, they did on Jesse. That in in the night they switched places. The maid went out and the mother stayed in. And the man came in the dark and said, my God, <laughs> and amazingly, that's how David was conceived. Now, as when they saw the pregnancy, the man said, How did you get pregnant when I turned away from you? And they say that the mother and the maid never revealed the secret. They didn't want to shame him. When David, when David was born, Jesse was convinced that this child is not mine. In the home, they called him a bastard. Mama, Yakwenda Kumusajia Mulala. You know, we were here and I was talking to the ladies. Uh, I was talking about the judge called Jephthah. Jephthah's dad produced him out of another woman. 
And when he grew up, his brothers said, Away from us, you cannot share in an inheritance. You are the son of another woman. Now, exactly, David walked into the same thing. And he had the stag on him, bastard. That's why that's why, uh-huh, that's why he was kept on the fringes. That's why everyone had to make sure that he was a nobody and he knew that he was a nobody. And I, and I want you to see the way the guy was birthed in this world. And the title that was on him. A nobody. But this is the best news. God is amazing. Because God has eyes for nobodies. When no one sees him, God sees him. And God says, I know you. They may not know you. You may have been conceived in very crazy circumstances. And you are an outcast. But I see you. And you know, man, I find that to be great news. Especially for our generation. People who have been birthed in the craziest of circumstances. Their kids who are named mistake. That wasn't my plan. Then, uh. And the child grows up and the name they have on them is mistake. Some people are conceived out of rape. Ikabod, the glory of the Lord has left. For some of us, allow me to tell you just a little bit about me. My father left me when I was eight months old. I never saw him again until I was 13 years old. When I saw him, I saw him only one time. The next time I saw him, he was in a coffin. He was dead. So, in my entire life, I met the guy only one time, and I met him for only something like 10, 15 minutes. That's the only time I ever saw my father. And because my mother was still young and she got confused with situations, she had to move me from place to place to place to place to place. And I grew up being an un- Wanted child in every home I went. 
And trust me, I could really eat it. But doesn't it surprise you <laughs> that someone like that God says, but I know you. I choose you. You are my chitaka. And he decides to shield me and protect me even when I could not see. It. And he raises me up that today in the homes where I wasn't wanted, Hallelujah. Yeah. Now, I, I want to encourage you here. It is very possible that your birth is not any different from King David's birth. Even if you're like Tim and you were born to parents who are there, still you could have the tag, nobody, and really life has treated you like that. And the encouragement I have to give you today is God has eyes for you. It's what he means that he takes the poor out of the, the dust and sits them with princes. He's, he's talking about nobodies who finding nobodies and he picks up a nobody and he makes them a somebody. Number two, the thing I want you to say is the place that David had in the family. Then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping sheep. Because of his birth details, David held the lowest place in the family. His place was among the sheep. <coughs> His place was in the bush with the sheep. When when his brothers woke up to go and be educated. David had to wake up to take the sheep in the field. That was his place. That's where he spent his days. What were Survival skills is omutale. But man, if they subjected you to this kind of life, how would you do? 
Just the emotional torture itself can kill you. But I want you to see David. David did not rebel or refuse the place that was given him in the family. He accepted it and received it with all of his heart. The guy made his best friends his few sheep that he took care of. His relatives and his closest companions were those few sheep. He gave his life so amazingly to them that when a bear and a lion tried to take one of them, he fought them ready to die for those few sheep. Now, man, I, one of my chores in the home, I did so many work in home. Was to wash the car every morning. That was my job. I would wash the car every morning. <laughs> But I washed that car for so long. That time came and I began to complain in myself. I said, my God. <laughs> and so it is that a lot of times when we find ourselves in low places, it is there is a huge temptation to begin complaining and say, be one. But I want you to see that David kept his post. He never left those sheep that when the call of the Lord came knocking, he was found with the sheep. Now, man, I do not know what the what you have to do right now. And probably it doesn't look like it's much. And people despise you for it. And you are in a small low place. Take a good lesson from David. Do not despise where the Lord has put you. Give that place all of your heart, all of your effort, all of your energy. Maybe you may be in the bush and no one else is seeing among people. But God is watching. God is looking at your faithfulness. Give yourself to it. And give it your best. Third and last. I want us to see God's choice of 
David. And I want to ask you, why do you think he chose him? Why did he pass all the other six and he chose David? The Bible says that Eliab was a good-looking man. Probably like Eddie Mubiru. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> when he entered the room, everyone said, ooh. Ah. So, so why did God choose? What do you think? Why did God choose David? And I, want, I want this to be our last point today. Our last why did he choose him? If you wanted God to choose you, what, what would you need to work on that God may see you? Because the Bible says that his eyes go to and fro through the earth looking for for, for what? For someone among men. Uh-huh. What do you think? What did go mm. Okay. Amen. Mm. Amen. Simucha mutu. <laughs> Any other reason why he chose David? Yes. The heart. The what? Listen. Be before we even meet David, God uses Saul. No, uses Samuel to speak to Saul telling him about the change that was coming. And this is what he told him in 1 Samuel 13, 14. Uh -huh, 1 Samuel 13, 14. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. I want you to see that. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. The word sought is past tense for seek. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. But I want you to find that interesting. That he who created the heavens and the earth also seeks. And when he seeks, he's seeking for a heart. He's seeking for a heart after his own, very own heart. I want you to see what he says in 1 Samuel 16:7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance. 
Na tunanayo gele Elisa ulo Eri. Samuel inti Totunula kundabika ya Or at his physical station Oba mbeda ya mubiri Because I have refused him Kubanga nze na muganye For the Lord does not see as man sees Kubanga ye mukama tatunula Oba talabanga muntu walava For man looks at the outward appearance Kubanga muntu ya tunulida mbeda ya kumubiri But the Lord looks at the heart Na yate katonda tunulina mutima Allow me to ask you has God stopped looking at hearts? He still looks at men's what? While David was in the field, and while other men were going about their work, God was also going about his work. He comes and he looks. And he passes on. And he finds a heart in the bush. And he calls the heavenly host. And he says, this is the one. I have found it. I have found a man after my very own heart. And behold, he makes a general of a man. Now, of course, we are no longer in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, he has promised us hearts that are of flesh. And he has said that on those hearts he will write his word. But I still think a man has responsibility to take care of their heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Do not listen or believe the people that say follow your heart. Have you heard people who say follow your heart? Listen to your heart. For the heart is deceitful above all things. And I could put my hand on it. There is nothing more important to God than the heart of a man. To have the right heart. The heart that pleases him. The heart that like David that is after his own heart. I know for a fact that you cannot work that for yourself. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. So as we close this evening, this simple introduction that I felt is where we should begin from. I guarantee you there is still so much more to see and learn. The life of David is a treasure. Jesus is the model. But David is a good, almost perfect example for a leader, for a believer on how you walk on this narrow path. So, so I want you to have that cry. The cry that we sing. 
All the cry that David cried out to God. Lord, you promised me a new heart. When you look at my heart this evening, what do you see? When the Lord looks at your heart this evening, what do you think he sees? There are some very obvious things that if they are in your heart, they are hindrances to God. Very obvious things. Very obvious. If, if, there is, if there is unforgiveness in your heart, that's a hindrance. If there is anger in your heart, that's a very obvious thing. Envy, jealousies, that's very, very obvious. If there is fear in your heart, that's a very obvious thing. Fear is what replaces faith. If there is pride in your heart, I have terrible news for you. He resists the proud. So talk to him about it. Talk to him about it. Talk to him about your heart. He knows your heart better than you. But even you can do a check of your own heart.